Uh, we, we go back a long way, and many of you know this story that he and I met in college over 30 years ago and, uh, and just became friends and, and, uh, and just really, I didn't know Angie at the time, did not know her and, and had opportunity a few years ago, about three or four years ago, get to meet her at our youngest son's wedding and to realize then that her and his wife, Kaylee, that many of you know, were related, but we just that relationship and that kindred relationship. And people ask me about people. I, I'll tell them. As a matter of fact, this week I was talking to someone, inviting them to the services, and I said some of the most kind people that I know, encouraging people I know. And I'm not just saying this because they're sitting here. This is what I told these people that barely know me and don't even know them. I said some of the most kind and encouraging people I know, and we love them and we thank God for them and and. Um, we appreciate them coming, and I just want to do this this morning because I didn't. Uh, he didn't give me a big long thing to read up here this morning. That's not what he's interested in, because I'm going to tell you when he brings the word of God today, you're going to know that his heart is God's heart, and it's for people, and that's what God's heart is. Jesus said, you know, it was said that he came to seek and to save the lost, and that's what we're. That's what our mission's about. Sometimes in church we get that kind of muddled a little bit. But I'm thankful that uh, on the evangelism field over 30-something years doing this, and I'm telling you, it's a challenge to raise your family and to do that and to continue to do that full-time for all of these years. And I commend you. I commend you for what you've done and and uh, wonderful family. Would you give a special Refuge Church welcome, amen, to Dr. Tim Todd and, and Angie, amen, as they come. Come on. He's going to be sharing with you something very special this morning that they're doing, and I want you to really jump in there and uh, get on board with them. Give the Lord one more big hand of praise. Amen. 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 Bow with me for a word of prayer. Holy Ghost, we give you permission to accomplish everything that you want done in every area of our life. We surrender to you, and we speak victory and strength in every family, every home, the finances, the physical body, the spirit beings of every family represented here this morning. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over the doorpost of the homes of every family represented here this morning, Lord, and I speak the strength of God flowing through each one of them, and I ask you, Lord God, to accomplish all that you want done in every area. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people said, amen and amen. It is a joy to have my beautiful wife, Angie, here this morning, and I want to put a picture of our family up if we can. We've got my beautiful wife, Angie, of course. Our son Luke is uh, 24 years old. Miracle and Mariah are 22 years old. And McKaylin is 21 years old. Now, I want to tell you, uh, uh, I'm not only thankful for my family, but I want to put a plug in right here. Um, my son Luke works with Jared. Some of you perhaps a few weeks ago got to come over to our church body and be there for a service. Who all was able to be there? Raise your hand if you were. I want you to know that it is a blessing for my son to be able to work with Jared because Jared and Kaylee are the most precious couple and they are 
absolutely the hardest workers I have seen, and they are the hardest workers at our church. They do a tremendous job. Most of you know uh, 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 Pastor Tony and Pastor Bethany's uh, son, Jared. He is such a, he has got such a gift with design and with uh, uh, media, and I'm telling you, the Lord has blessed you with a wonderful son, and he has done a phenomenal job at our church. I think he's worked for our church body for at least two years. He has been faithful. He is there. He is there, honestly, morning, noon, and night. When he's not at the church, he's doing work for the church, and I'm not the pastor of the church. Uh, Angie and I are, are there a little bit of the time because I travel all over the world conducting evangelistic crusades and revival services, but I hear nothing but bragging on how wonderful of a mighty young man of God and a mighty young lady of God that your pastor's son and his wife are. And we honor your son this morning and his precious wife, and we're thankful for them being a part of our church body and all that God is doing through them. And let's give Jared, he's not here, but let's give Jared a big hand because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we're blessed in epidemic proportion to have him apart. We would, I'm telling you, it would be a big uh, hole in our church if he were not there. And uh, uh, I'm just telling you, behind the scenes, he's not out on the platform. But I'm telling you, he is just a phenomenal, mighty young man of God. We're so thankful for him and for your son and, and his precious wife. And then, of course, uh, our daughters, Miracle and Mariah, are our twin girls and uh, their younger daughter, uh, our younger sister, Michaelin, and uh, uh, two of our daughters just graduated from Bible college, so we're so thankful for that, just to, uh, on Father's Day, actually, so we're, or no, right after Father's Day, and so we're so thankful for that, and uh, for what God has in store for them, and, and I'm so thankful that I, all four of my children are faithfully serving the Lord. Isn't that a wonderful thing? They are faithfully serving God, saved, full of the Holy Ghost, and all four of our children called into the ministry. So we're so thankful for that and what God is doing in our family. Amen. Now, I've got a praise report for you because, uh, and I haven't even shared this with you, Pastor, about the Truth for Youth Bible. Many of you have listened to us on American Family Radio, the National Truth for Youth Bible Week. Uh, and, of course, this year it would be August 12 through 16. And we have distributed over the past, this is our 19th year to do this, August 12 through 16. And this year, we will break giving away one, distributing one million copies of this Bible during that project. Now, we have given away a total of 2.5 million of these. We've received decision cards uh, from more than 25,000 young people that have been saved as a result of getting a copy of the Truth For Youth Bible. So for those of you that don't know, it's got the whole New Testament, but in the front section, the Holy Spirit laid on my heart to design comic stories that deal with the truth about issues of moral concern that young people are confronted with every day. We deal with things like drugs, drunkenness, peer pressure, but we also deal with things like pornography, sexual purity, abortion. Last year, 252,000 young ladies in high school had abortions. It is a big problem, and our young people need to know the truth about taking the life of a precious uh, uh, little one. Amen. 
of a precious unborn, preborn baby. We also deal with the truth about things like cutting, sexting, bullying, suicide. We deal with the truth about honor. How many of you know our young people need to learn to honor their parents and honor the, the, the uh, uh, leadership that God places over them? They need to learn honor. We deal with the truth about sorcery, witchcraft. We also deal with the truth about homosexual perversion, what the Bible says. Let me tell you what the Bible says. God loves the homosexual and he hates the sin of homosexual perversion. So we deal with the truth. We put the plan of salvation in each one of these stories. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal tool. I said all that to say this to you. We print these Bibles in China because we're able to get them $2 each in China. It would cost about $8 to print this here in America. If you look at it, you'll see what I'm talking about. It is not just thrown together. This has been endorsed by people like Rod Parsley, James Dobson, uh, T.D. Jakes, uh, uh, many, many uh, uh, heavy hitters. And we're so thankful for that. But this, we print them in China. Now, this is what I haven't told you yet, Pastor. How many of you see all of this activity going on with the tariffs right now in China? And uh, on uh, uh, June the 28th, we were, my wife and I, uh, uh, President Trump was getting ready to meet with President Xi from China. And out of that meeting could come one of two things. Either they were going to hold back a 25% uh, tariff, which would cost me an ex extra $25,000 to print the 50,000 Bibles that will be shipped on July the 4th. They will leave China on July the 4th. And so if they would have come out of that meeting and they would have put those tariffs in place, the additional 25% tariffs on China, even though we are a tax-exempt status organization, ministry, it was we were not going to be exempt from that. We would have been charged an additional $25,000, and it would have crippled us because we did not have the money. How many of you know God is Jehovah Jireh? He would have provided it. I'm not concerned about that, but I felt like the Holy Spirit showed me that he was going to hold back the Red Sea for us to be able to get those Bibles over to America and get them to our office before any kind of a tariff was put into place. They came out of that meeting. The tariff was not put in place, and thank God we are not charged an extra $25,000 for those Bibles. Somebody give the Lord a hand of praise. So how many of you know that God wants the young people to have this Bible even more than we want God, the, the, the young people to have these Bibles? Soldiers, young people are becoming soldiers and giving these Bibles away, and we're seeing a massive harvest of young people come in. Please pray. Mark on your calendar, August 12 through 16, the, the National Truth for Youth Bible Week on American Family Radio that we will be able to give away a we will be giving away thousands of Bibles to young people and parents and grandparents that call in to get the Bibles or go online and get the Bibles free of charge if they promise to give the Bibles away to somebody in their school that's not serving the Lord. So please pray for that project. This ministry is all about getting the word of God out and bringing a harvest of souls in. Now, one more thing before I get into the word of God, and this is so important. Most of you see what's going on right now in Iran. We have beefed up our troops in Iran, in Syria, and Iraq. And right now, America is in the process of rotating 12,000 soldiers in to take the place of about 12,000 soldiers that will be coming home. 
Revival Fires is the only ministry that has been given the stamp of approval from the chief chaplain of the Pentagon to give full Bibles to our troops defending America in the war on terror. We have, amen, give the Lord a hand for that. Now, we've already given away almost a little over 250,000 Bibles to our troops, and we've seen tremendous things happen as a result of it. In fact, Chief Chaplain, uh, 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 let's see, uh, what's his name, uh, Brian, uh, or Chaplain Brian K. Waite, uh, um, he was stationed over in Iraq, and uh, they ran out of uh, Bibles, but then they found out that Revival Fires was providing Bibles for our troops. They were able to access those Bibles that we were providing as a result of the distribution of about 500 of these Bibles on his base and that surrounding area. He was able to lead more than 100 soldiers to the Lord and baptize 68 of them in the Tigris River. Somebody give the Lord a big hand of praise. A result of getting a copy of the Bible that Revival Fires is providing. Now, these Bibles cost our ministry. In just a moment, you're going to be blessed. Before I preach, in a moment, you're going to be blessed with an opportunity to give financially to help us provide these Bibles for the 12,000 soldiers that are being rotated into the, the, the area where right around Iran and uh, Syria and Iraq, defending America in the war on terror. Now, these Bibles have already been printed. They cost our ministry only $5 to print, $5. When you see this Bible, I've got it on my table. When you see this Bible, you'll see that's a small price to pay for these Bibles. I'm happy to report of the $60,000, the shipping has been paid, by the way, of the $60,000 that it will cost for these 12,000 Bibles, we've already raised $35,000. I already told your pastor that. We have $25,000 to go, $25,000 to go. These Bibles will not be shipped to our soldiers until they are paid for. Now, I want you to pray this morning because in a moment you're going to be blessed with an opportunity to give to help us provide these 12,000 Bibles. It may be that the Holy Spirit would have you to provide one Bible for $5. I believe everybody can do something. One Bible for $5. It may be that the Holy Spirit would lay on your heart to provide a case of 20 of these Bibles for a gift of $100. Every bit of this is going to this Bible project. None of it is going in our pocket. It may be that the Holy Spirit would lay on your heart to provide $500 worth of these Bibles or $1,000 worth of these Bibles. If you'll pray about this, I believe the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart and show you what to do, and the need will be met. I'd like to see a miracle offering this morning to provide. Wouldn't that be a blessing to see all of this $25,000 raised today? so that we could have these Bibles get into the hands of our soldiers quickly. I believe that if you'll ask the Lord, he will show you how many Bibles to provide. And I believe this. If our soldiers are willing to go on foreign soil in a, in a, a volunteer uh, uh, armed forces to stand up for our freedoms right before we celebrate 4th of July, 
Many of these families are separated where the husbands and wives are in Iraq, they are in Syria, they are close to Iran, they are in other parts of the world defending our nation for our freedom and we're able to have the freedom to provide them Bibles this morning. This is the most important weapon that they will receive. There are no atheists in foxholes. I found out that the, our soldiers are more uh, uh, pliable and receptive to the word of God in Jesus Christ when they're in harm's way than they are in any other time in their life. So I want to see us this morning, I want to see us do something sacrificial this morning, generous, benevolent, not on behalf of the ministry that God has called us to, but on behalf of our soldiers defending America and the war on terror so that we can have freedoms like we had this morning. Amen? To, to, to worship God. So I'm going to ask this morning, in just a moment, you'll have an opportunity to, to come and bring your offering to the front. And, and if you make out a check, just make the check out to the church body, Refuge Church, and we'll keep track of what comes in for this offering this morning. And we'll give you a report on that. But I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart and to show you what to do. Then I want you to do this. I want you to be obedient because obedience is better than sacrifice. And if you'll just be obedient, dig deep and give generously this morning, I believe that this need is going to be met and you are going to be putting a dent in the devil's territory by providing Bibles for our soldiers defending America and the war on terror. One more thing and I'll close with this, with regard to this. The suicide rate is at an all-time high among our soldiers right now. But as a result of the 250,000 Bibles that our soldiers have received from revival fires, among those soldiers, there is an 87% drop in the suicide rate among the soldiers that get a copy of the Bible that we are providing. It's got study helps in here that deal with loneliness and fear and, and uh, uh, anxiety and stress and everything else. So I'm thanking you in advance for caring about our soldiers in a way that you can provide uh, uh, by giving to help us provide these Bibles for our soldiers. Bow with me for a word of prayer. Holy Spirit, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. Lord, I thank you for our soldiers, and I thank you for their families, Lord. Many of them, their families that are, that are back here in America, Lord God, I pray that you will bless them this morning. And Father, as we, as we prepare to give this morning, I ask you, Lord, to honor your word and bless every family that gives what you tell them to give. Uh, uh, Lord, I pray that you will bless them in epidemic proportion. And Father, as we provide these Bibles for our soldiers, I pray, Lord God, that you'll accomplish in these soldiers' hearts and accomplish in the hearts of those that give and accomplish in the hearts of our soldiers' families everything that you desire to accomplish. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. As the Holy Spirit lays on your heart what to give this morning, if you will, bring it to the front. Let's all stand, if you will. And if we can, have some music playing in the background. Give you a moment to give, and then we'll come back for the word of God this morning. And thank you so much for your giving this morning.
Father, I pray over this offering this morning that you will press it down, shake it together, make it running over, bless the gift and those that gave this morning a hundredfold for planting the seed of your word into the hearts and the hands of our soldiers defending America in the war on terror. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. I love the Word of God. How about you? 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. While you're turning there, I love the Word of God. How about you? Look right here. You see this? How many of you have got a copy of the God's Word Translation Bible that from other times that I've been here? This is a brand new giant print God's Word Translation Bible that is a personal size Bible. I've never had this giant, uh, this God's Word Bible here before. Now, how many of you know that most giant print Bibles, it takes a U-Haul truck to carry it around? How many of you know what I'm talking about? This is the premier edition personal size giant print Bible on a fourth grade reading level, God's Word Translation very easy to understand in the bookstores for over a hundred and for a hundred and twenty dollars plus tax worth every penny of that but with the permission of the publisher we make this Bible available for only forty dollars but today Angie we're gonna make this available and she's gonna need to hear this this morning uh, uh, we're gonna make it available on our table not for forty but thirty five dollars so I encourage you to get this Bible it's the best deal on a giant print Bible, you'll find anywhere, anytime. I encourage you to get this Bible before you leave today. Get it for your family members and your friends. And your pastor dreamed about this this morning. And I'm going to say it because he dreamed about it this morning. I have a limited supply of them. And when they're gone, when they're gone, I've got an, another limited supply. Amen? And he actually dreamed about that either early this morning, and, and I, I never did get around to telling you what I dreamed this morning, but it was crazy, and, uh, and I, I, uh, but I'll, 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 I'll tell you that at lunch, amen? Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, stand with me in reverence to God for the reading of our text. Pastor, do you have this Bible, this, this giant print Bible, do you have this? Okay, this one here is yours, so I'm going to give that to you. Give your pastor one more big hand. And I see that uh, uh, Pastor Bethany has got the other one, I think. Is that the? Oh, that's not. But you got one of the teal color ones, don't you? Okay. Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. I'm going to set this right back here. Most of you are familiar with this passage of Scripture. God said, if my people, which are called by my name, have to do four things. Look here. Will humble themselves. And pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. Then, he said, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive you of your sins and I will heal your land. How many of you received that this morning? Oh, I've got a word from God. Receive this from the Lord this morning. Bow with me for a word of prayer. Father, speak to us through your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Thanking you may be seated. One more thing, very quickly, and this is very important. Um, whenever I, uh, uh, this coming 
Thursday at 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. I will be on uh, American Family Radio with a 30-minute radio broadcast specifically for the 4th of July for a, with a message for the 4th of July. It's not what I'm going to be sharing here this morning. So I want you to, I encourage you, if you're driving, or so, so write that time down, if you would, please. Uh, it'll be either, it'll, it'll be the same program at 11 a.m. on the 4th of July, and then at 4 p.m. they will repeat it uh, 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 on the 4th of July, and then at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on July the 5th. Originally, they were going to do it one, just to give you an idea of, of what the Holy Spirit is doing here, they were going to uh, uh, air it one time, and then when they listened to it, they said, the entire nation needs to hear this, and we're going to play it three different times just to be sure that everybody has an opportunity to hear what the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about uh, 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 the last days. It is titled, America at the Crossroads. So listen to that program if you get an opportunity, and uh, I know that God will bless you and your family for listening to that. Thank you so much for listening to that as well. It will be uh, uh, on, uh, uh, and it will have a listening audience of more than 10.5 million people in those three time frames. So please pray that God will accomplish everything that he desires to accomplish in that time frame. Amen. He said, if my people which are called by my name, how many of you consider yourself to be one of God's people? That means that, that, means that this verse is for you and it is for me. Now, I'll tell you what I did. Pastor, I wrote my name in this passage of scripture and it is astounding at how personal the word of God becomes when you write your name in it. Here's how my verse reads now. It says, if Tim Todd will humble himself and pray, if Tim Todd will seek my face and turn from his wicked ways. You see, God wants to get personal with you if you will let him. Write your name in that verse and see how personal the word of God becomes for you. Here's what he said. If Tim Todd will humble himself and pray and seek my face and turn from his wicked ways. You see, what we need as a nation as we approach 4th of July, we need first as individuals. We say that America needs to fall on her knees uh, on her knees and on her face before God, and she does. But, friend, America starts with you and me, the church, down on our knees seeking the face of God with a heart of repentance. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, he did not say if the liberal news media would do it. He did not say if ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, MSNBC will do it. He did not say if Fox News will do it. God's not counting on Fox News. He did not say if Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity would do it. He did not say if, if the Democrats or the Republicans would do it. Here's what God said. If my people, which are called by my name, God's not counting on the liberal news media. He's not counting on Fox News. He's not counting on any Democrat or Republican. He's not counting on Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity. God is counting on you and me that have been born again and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I thank God for every born-again, spirit-filled man and woman that we have in political office. We need more of them. But hear me this morning. There is no political solution to America's problems. Our problems are spiritual. Therefore, they cannot be resolved by politics. God is counting on Refuge Church. And if God is counting on this church body, let's give him something to count on. Now let's break this verse down this morning and see what the Lord is requiring of this church body and you as an individual. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, first of all, 
will humble themselves. You know that's hard for a lot of people to do today because isn't it true that here in America we've had everything at our fingertips, we've had everything at our command, and for many people it's hard for them to humble themselves because of the nice car they drive or the nice clothes they wear or the nice house they live in or the big bank account that they have access to. Even some preachers that get a successful ministry and it goes to their heads and God help individuals who think they don't need God because they think they're God. They walk, they talk, they strut, and they act like God. They don't even want God to tell them what to do or when to do it, much less a preacher like this one. But if you want God to hear your prayers, first thing you've got to do is you've got to learn to humble yourself for us to realize that the only good thing about you and me is Jesus Christ. And the closer you get to Jesus, the more of a sinner saved by grace that you realize that you are. So first of all, we've got to humble ourselves. Secondly, he said, to pray. We're not really ready to pray until after we have humbled ourselves. Does that make sense? But what, and I'm not talking about the pretty little prayer that you pray over your meals or while you're getting ready for work, a little bedtime prayer. I'm talking about you getting alone with God in your prayer closet and spending quality time with the Lord in prayer. I'm talking about travailing in prayer as a woman giving birth to a child. You say, Brother Todd, that's some hardcore praying. Yes, it is, but God's Word said, as Zion travails, she brings forth her children. Let me break that down. As Refuge Church begins to travail in prayer, you will bring forth children into the kingdom of God. And when you will begin to travail in prayer, as a woman giving birth to a child, praying for your unsaved loved ones to get saved, praying for a Holy Ghost revival to break loose, praying for God to come down here and turn this whole area upside right side up for Jesus Christ and to use Refuge Church. If you will begin to travail in prayer as a woman giving birth to a child, you're going to begin to see things turn around and take place for the kingdom of God. He said, humble yourself. He said, pray. And then thirdly, he said, Seek my face. We're not really ready to seek the face of God until after we have humbled ourselves and prayed. Amen? But what happens is this. We've got a lot of people in the church today that fail to consistently humble themselves and pray. And what happens? Well, then we have to seek the face of the attorney or seek the face of the banker or seek the face of the doctor, seek the face of the judge, or seek the face of the politician. Now, every one of these places have their place in our society. And, but listen, God can do more than any attorney. He can do more than any banker. He can do more than any doctor. He can do more than any judge. He can do more than any politician. And we need to be seeking the face of God before we do these other positions. He said, humble yourself. He said, pray. He said, seek my face. And then he said, turn from your wicked ways. And we'll come back to that one in just a moment. But he said, if we would do those four things, he would hear from heaven, forgive your sins, and heal your land. And friend, we need to hear from heaven in America as we approach 4th of July. Don't you know we need to hear from America, uh, hear from God in America right now? Well, all the way from your house to the church house to the schoolhouse to the courthouse to the White House. What America needs right now is an old-time, old-fashioned, sin-black, hell-hot, judgment sir, eternity-long, gun-bell straight, Holy Ghost revival that will bring this nation to its knees in repentance before we are knocked to our knees in judgment. One way or another, America is going to her knees. And I'm convinced that if we can get the church in America back on her knees again, we can get America back on her feet again. You know, 
People have always considered America to be a Christian nation, and certainly we were founded on biblical principles. But the only Christian nation that ever has been or ever will be is the blood-bought church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love America. But any time that you live in a nation that has more places to get drunk than it does to go to church or to get saved, that nation needs Holy Ghost revival. Any time that you live in a nation that has more bartenders than we have preachers of every denomination put together, that nation needs Holy Ghost revival. Any time that you live in a nation that is murdering between four and 5,000 babies every day with abortion, that nation needs Holy Ghost revival. Any time that you live in a nation that puts their stamp of approval on homosexual perversion on a state level and a federal level, that nation needs Holy Ghost revival. And any time that you live in a nation where people that make up the church get more excited about their ball games in Mississippi than they do in their church services, that nation needs Holy Ghost revival. What did God that people would get as excited at church as they do their ball games? Amen? Now, I know people, and you do too, that they'll go to these ball games and they'll sit out. I love a good ball game, but there are people, they'll go to these ball games, they'll sit outside, and the hot blistering sun beating down on them or the rain pouring down, or the sleet and the snow in some parts of the world, of the country, for hours at a time for a ball team. And if you do something like that in a ball game, they call you a good fan. If you do something like that for God, they call you a bunch of fanatics. God give us a bunch of fanatics at this church body that are willing to come to the house of God no matter what the weather conditions are outside. You know, something I've noticed about these ball games is that if somebody hits a home run or makes a touchdown or a slam dunk, that that ball stadium will come unglued and they stand up and they give that ball player an ovation. Hear me this morning. Jesus is hitting home runs every day. He's making touchdowns every day. He's making slam dunks every day. He's better than any ball player that's ever lived. He's better than any ball team that's ever existed. He's better than any ball game that's ever been played. And we need to be giving Jesus more attention than we do these ball players. You know, something else I've noticed about these ball games is that if, uh, that, that if uh, nobody wants them to last just one hour. Oh, no, we want our ball games to go into overtime and double overtime and extra innings. I'd never heard anybody complain about the length of a ball game. But some of those very same people come to church on Sunday morning, and the first thing they want to know when they get there, when do we get out? <laughs> what time will this be over? And I know people that are in the church, they're, 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 they don't care what the preacher says on Sunday morning just as long as he didn't go past 12 o'clock to say it. <laughs> Hear me, church. Jesus didn't come to save time. He came to save souls. He came to get next to you, and he came to light your fire. In Luke 19, 13, Jesus said, I'm going to leave an all big back, but while I'm gone, he said, I want you to occupy. Now, that's a military term. Best understood by those who have served in the armed forces. Jesus said, while I'm gone, it means to be in charge, to be in command, to have dominion over. That's what it means. So Jesus told his disciples, which I'm one of them and you are too, if you're a a, a born-again Christian. Jesus said, I'm going to be gone, but while I'm gone, he said, I want you to occupy. 
Now, he did not say that to the Democrats or the Republicans. He said that to you and me, the believer. But we don't have to look very far to see that God's people have not done a very good job of being in charge. How many of you know, you can't hardly walk into a, a, a pizza place these days without feeling like you're walking into a beer joint. You can't hardly walk into a, a gas station these days without feeling like you're walking into a gambling casino with the lottery tickets on the counter, the video poker machines, the other gambling devices. You can't hardly walk into a grocery store these days without there being partial nudity on the magazine rack directly in front of your children's eyes where you're paying for your items. But you know what's worse than all of the sin? Is that we God's people that make up the church have failed to occupy. We've been so caught up in the treadmill of our paychecks and our money making and our pleasure seeking, our worldly activities. We've been so caught up, become so caught up in our retirement plans and our vacations that we have lost sight of our purpose here on the earth. You know why we're here? We're here to live for Jesus, to worship him, and to win people to him. And this verse of scripture that is timeless, it tells you and me that first we have to humble ourselves. Then he said pray. Then he said seek my face. But then God said to you and me, the believer, he said, turn from your wicked ways. God spoke to my heart so very strongly about this part of the verse. Whatever it is in your life right now that's getting your time, your attention, your affection, your money, whatever that is, that is your God. What is it in your life right now that's getting your time, your attention, your affection, your money? For a lot of people, it's ball games and sports activities. I'm not against a good ball game. I love a good ball game. But I know people, and you do too, that they will pull their children out of church for ball practices and ball games. And the ball games and the ball practices become a God to them. And I know people that would rather be in a ball game than a prayer meeting. They would rather be in a ball stadium than a house of God. For many people, it's television and movies. I'm not preaching against television or movies. I love a good movie. But I know people, and you do too, that will sit down in front of their television set for four and five hours in one evening, but they would not even consider coming to the house of God for four or five hours. Because you know why? It's because their television set has become a God to them. For a lot of people, it's social media. I love social media. It's a great tool to build the kingdom of God and to encourage the body of Christ. But I know people that will sit down and they will spend hours on Facebook and then never put their face in the book. And it becomes a God to them. For many people, that God is a hectic work schedule. You have to work to make a living. But I know people, and you do too, that they will get so caught up in a hectic work schedule, in a busy work schedule, that they push God out of the picture. And whatever it is, and I'm preaching to you what the Holy Spirit told me to preach to you. Whatever it is in your life right now that's getting your time, your attention, your affection, your money, whatever that is, that is your God. And as a result of God's people not occupying, look what's happened to our nation. Right now, the abortionists are murdering more children than they have ever murdered before. You know why? Because God's people have not been occupying. Now, let me tell you where God's people have been occupying. Thank God that, and Mississippi is one of them, there are nine states right now that have passed the heartbeat bill that makes it illegal for children to be murdered. If you can 
see a heartbeat. How many of you know, and if you don't know, you're finding out right now, they knew that there was going to be challenges to this all along with this heartbeat bill, and they also knew that this was going to end up in front of the Supreme Court. I had the honor and the privilege of being in the Attorney General's office about, what, a week and a half, two weeks ago, and I was able to pray over the attorney that will actually be arguing this case before the Supreme Court uh, uh, on behalf of the unborn children. We need to pray and believe God for complete victory when that does get to the Supreme Court. God behind the scenes is putting people in position to occupy, to take back what the devil has stolen. How many of you would like to see Roe v. Wade overturned? It's, it's in the process of getting ready to happen right now. But as a result of God's people not occupying, uh, 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 look what's happened. Uh, uh, the homosexual perversion in our nation is at a higher level than ever before. Even on primetime regular network television with the likes of Ellen DeGeneres, Will and Grace, Rosie O'Donnell, and many, many others. And look what's happened to our public schools. We have 53.8 million students in our public schools, and 40 million of these students don't have any Bible at all. Now, I thank God for the work that Gideons have done. By putting Bibles into the hands of young people all across America, millions of Bibles. But the ACLU has persecuted and threatened prosecution. And the ACLU has said that if they have their way, the Gideons will never step foot on public school campus to give Bibles to students ever again. I say if Tim Todd has his way, if the people of God have their way, I say let's get rid of the ACLU and keep the Gideons around. Amen? Make your rules. We're still going to pass Bibles out in the public schools of America. And let me remind you that when the Constitution was written, the Bible was a textbook and prayers were being prayed in our public school classrooms. And I'm just old-fashioned enough to believe that if we would reinstate the Word of God as a textbook in our public schools, starting right here in the public schools of Vicksburg, Mississippi, we'd be a whole lot better off than we are right now. You remember that Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. But do you remember why? It was because he dared to pray when the government told him not to. And it's going to take boldness to stand up for God in these last days the way that we're going to have to take a stand. I'm telling you, you look at everything. You look at what happened to everybody that stood up for God in the Bible. Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. Those three Hebrew boys were thrown in the fiery furnace. John the Baptist had his head chopped off. Stephen was stoned. The axe blade gripped with the blood of Paul the apostle. Peter crucified upside down. They were sawed in two. They were burned at the stake. What's happened to you lately? Where are the battle scars that show that we really mean business with Jesus Christ? Let me give an example of this. Several years ago, I was, I was uh, uh, blessed with the opportunity to join my dad, Dr. Cecil Todd. He started his 70th year of ministry in November. He's preaching this, week in, uh, uh, this weekend in Branson, Missouri. He's been in the ministry for, he's, 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 in November, he will celebrate his 70, he, he will be at the end of his 70th year of ministry. That's powerful. That's powerful. Several years ago, I joined my dad to deliver one million signatures to the Supreme Court justices in Washington, D.C., calling upon them to reverse their Roe v. Wade decision to give the innocent pre-born children the constitutional right to live. Well, we've got people screaming today for their constitutional right for choice. What about that baby's right to live? That baby should have the right to live. We flew into our nation's capital. 
joined by several other spiritual and political leaders. Dr. Tim LaHaye that wrote the uh, uh, Left Behind series. Uh, Dr. James E. Johnny Johnson. Uh, 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 James Dobson from Focus on the Family. And many, many others. Congressman J.C. Watts at that time. And, and uh, uh, Senator Jesse Helms at that time. We flew into our nation's capital to to make that historic delivery. At that point, nobody had ever delivered signatures to the Supreme Court. We began climbing the steps of the Supreme Court to make that historic delivery. Halfway up the stairs, the Holy Spirit spoke to every one of us and told us to drop to our knees and pray. So we did just that. We got on our knees on the steps of the Supreme Court and we prayed for America. We prayed for the Supreme Court justices. We prayed for these babies that cannot defend themselves. We prayed for these mothers that were contemplating abortion, that God would grab hold of their hearts and give them healing and, 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 and deliverance. When we finished praying, we got up off of our knees only to find out that we had been surrounded by a swarm of policemen and security guards. ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, Fox News, they all had their cameras rolling, and a bunch of other ones. They all had their cameras rolling, trying to get a story about what they called religious fanatics being uh, uh, praying on the steps of the Supreme Court. I didn't know it was against the law to pray on the steps of the Supreme Court. Did you? One of the police officers approached us and said, you can't pray here. This is government property. We told him, as far as we're concerned, this is the people's property, and this is God's property. He said, well, where is your attorney? We said, we didn't bring an attorney with us. He said, well, he said, well we're going to have to arrest you because our job is on the line. But you see, we knew our job was on the line too. God had instructed us to deliver those one million signatures to the Supreme Court justices, and we knew we couldn't do that in handcuffs or behind bars in the local Washington, D.C. jail. So the police officers and the security guards walked a few steps away from us and started discussing among themselves who was going to do the arresting. It turned into a heated argument. And while they kept talking, we kept walking. <laughs> we went on up the steps of the Supreme Court through the first set of doors. And when we approached those first doors, we were approached by the biggest police officer I'd ever seen in my life. I mean, this, he was huge. He looked like one of Goliath's brothers. I mean, he was, he was big. We'd never seen him before in our life. And they called my dad by name. He said, Dr. Cecil Todd, he said, I know who you are. I know what you've come for. I know where you need to go, and I'm going to take you there. That's God. We went through the, he led us through the first set of giant doors where employees only were allowed to go through. All of the arrangements were put into place. We were granted an audience with all nine of the Supreme Court justices for 15 minutes. We were allowed to pour our heart out, give them those, those uh, uh, make that delivery of those one million signatures and let them know that the American public is sick and tired of the godless killing of the pre-born children in America. How many of you know that abortion is murder? And, and we're going to have to occupy. You look at what happened, it, what is happening on a national level right now. While God's people are, are in the process of occupying, the devil is raising his nasty head up. In January, uh, 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 
the governor uh, of uh, Governor Cuomo, as well as the legislators, just p passed into to law uh, the most radical abortion bill that allows abortion right up to uh, 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 the birth of a child. That has been legalized right now in New York. How many of you saw recently uh, that Governor um, uh, Ralph Northam, the governor of Virginia, uh, just uh, told that what he wants to see in place in his state is for a woman to be able to, to, if her abortion goes wrong, then when that baby is born and that baby is still alive, and then the doctor and the parents can meet in a separate room and keep the baby comfortable in the other room while they decide if they want to terminate that child's life or not. Listen to me. This is the nation that we live in right now. We need to be pushing against the darkness, and God's people is the solution to the problem. God's people occupying, not just praying, but putting legs in our prayers and occupying and doing what's right. But you see all of the abortions in our nation, that's not the problem. That's not the, that's just the fruit of the problem. It's not the root of the problem. You see the homosexual perversion in our nation, that is not the real problem. That is only a symptom of the real problem. The gambling casinos in our nation and here in Vicksburg and around our nation, that is not the real problem. It is only a symptom of the real problem. Prayer and Bible reading in our public schools. We need to get the word of God back in our public schools. But this is not the problem. This is only a symptom of the real problem. Did you know that when they took the word of God out of school, 97% of the people in America believed in God. Only 3% didn't. You know how we you know how the Bible was taken out of school? It's a it is it is it shows you what the entire problem is. The real problem is that we God's people have failed to occupy. And as a result of it, the word of God has gone unpublished and the work of God has gone undone. You see, according to 2 Chronicles 7:14, the first thing that God wants you and me to do requires of us is for us to humble ourselves. You know what that means? The Lord is not the least bit impressed with a nice car, nice clothes, nice house, big bank account. I'm not preaching against any of those things, but none of those things, none of those things impress God. Let me tell you what impresses God and gets his attention. For you and me to have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And it will not be until the altars at Refuge Church, are wet with our tears of repentance for not occupying. Only then will real Holy Ghost revival break loose. The only thing that was important enough to bring Jesus out of the ivory palaces of heaven, down to this godless globe, to drive him up and down the streets of Palestine, to lay him prostrate in Gethsemane, to send him to an old rugged cross, was to seek and to save the lost. That's it. And if it was that important for Jesus, shouldn't it be that important for you and me this final Sunday before 4th of July weekend? He said, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek his face, turn from our wicked ways, then, say it with me, then, say it again, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal our land. Everywhere I go, I'll have people say, God, when is God going to, Brother Todd, when is God going to stop all of the 
social injustices? When is God going to stop all of the abortions? When is God going to stop the homosexual perversion? When is God going to send revival? I want you to hear me. The when that we ask is connected to the then in that verse. We say, God, when are you going to move? God says, hello, when are you going to move? God says, when you move, I'll move. Listen to me. God said, I'm not going to interfere until my church begins to intercede. And God is looking for a house full of people at Refuge Church that can rock this area by occupying and taking back what the devil has stolen, humbling ourselves, praying, seeking his face, and turning from our wicked ways. If we'll do those four things, God promises he'll do his three things. Hear from heaven, forgive us of our sins, and heal our land. Together is God's perfect number, the number seven, the number of perfection. That is God's telegram from heaven for Refuge Church this Sunday before 4th of July. Bow your heads, close your eyes, and open your hearts all over the building. I believe the message has gone forth this morning, not from man's lips, but from God's lips. I believe that God has spoken to every heart here if you've allowed him to. In fact, I believe that God has spoken to some of you about areas of your life that I did not even preach about from behind this sacred desk. Now then, it's time to do something about it. Because I believe that there are some of you here this morning, if the truth were known, you're not in right relationship with the Lord. God is dealing with you. He loves you. He doesn't want you to change and come to him. He wants you to come to him, and he's going to help you change. So if you're in this building this morning and you say, I'm in this building.